Amen, Rock Church. Amen, and good morning. God bless you. Good to see you. Y'all excited to be in church this morning? Excited to be here? I know I am. I want to say hello to everybody uh, joining us at all of our locations. What's up, Chula Vista? What's happening in San Marcos up north? What's happening in El Cajon, City Heights, Rock Church, Oahu, and everybody joining us online and in the room. Come on, put your hands together, Rock Church. Say hello to your extended family. God bless you. Great to be with you. If you didn't know it, we are one church with locations all throughout the county and in Hawaii. So if you're visiting Hawaii and you're thinking about where to go, consider Oahu, swing a left, take a right, grab a uh, malasada, a little fluffy donut, something, and then go by Rock Church Oahu and I promise you will have a great Sunday. But uh, I want to take a quick moment because uh, one, of our, one of my friends, my close friends, and he's a friend of our church, his name is Mike Humphrey, Pastor Mike Humphrey. Uh, they are part of our church for many, many years and they were called to go start and plant a church in McKinney, Texas. And so um, today he is addressing his congregation to unpack what just happened over the weekend, the mass shooting in McKinney, Texas at a local mall. And so Pastor Mike and Brianna and the kids, our hearts are with you. We're praying for you as you speak to your congregation. Uh, may God give you wisdom today to lead for such a time as this. And so God bless you. We love you. Come on, let's put your hands together. Just to encourage Pastor Mike and his team. Love you, brother. Uh, I want to say thank you for all of the uh, survey responses that we got. How many took the survey over the last couple of weeks that we sent out? Awesome, thank you. We got over 4,800 responses. And if you missed it, you can still uh, text the word survey and take the survey. We're uh, kind of building out content for an upcoming sermon series, a collection of messages that we're going to call sort of as, as a season, We Need to Talk. How many, how many have had that conversation before? We, come on, we need to talk. Okay, that's that DTR, define the relationship talk. We need to talk, okay? And so we're gonna do six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 weeks uh, because you guys gave us incredible topics and, and we're gonna talk about things that are, that, that, are, that are hot topics and need to know about topics. Anxiety, depression was number one on the list. Over 50% of you said, I wanna know what God's word has to say about anxiety and depression. Because what I'm going through, there's, there's uh, unforgiveness and forgiveness, uh, end times, there's all kinds of topics. So that'll begin in two weeks from now. Next week, though, is Mother's Day. Come on, moms. Come on, Mother's Day. A little floral for moms today. You know what I mean? You know, not too much, moms, just a little floral. I love moms, love my mom, love my, my wife and my mother-in-law and can't wait. So come back next week, dress up a little bit. We're going to have photo backgrounds at all of our locations. You can take some nice pictures and it should be a great time. Uh, but today we're continuing in our series, Brokenness and Beauty. And we started this in, in Easter and we've just been marching through over these past several weeks to talk about brokenness and beauty in relationships. And it, it is surrounding the idea of this Japanese art called Kitsugi. Everybody say Kitsugi. kitsugi. Pretty good. And it's the, the concept of taking broken pottery and then bringing it back together, making it whole again with gold. And the idea is, is that the, the mended pottery that was once broken but has then been put back together with gold is now more valuable than it was before. And that's what God has done in our lives. That's what Jesus by his blood has done for you and I. In our brokenness, God and his son Jesus through his blood on the cross covers all of our sins, brings us back together in wholeness with the Father and we're more beautiful than we were before. Come on somebody, give God praise right there because of the blood of the cross. And so week one was broken identity. We gotta find out who we are first and, and, and part of knowing who we are is to find out whose we are and who's in charge and our, all, all the authority belongs to God in heaven. 
Uh, last week we talked about broken romance. Hope that helps some people in relationships. And today I want to talk to you about broken communication. Broken communication. How many, by show of hands, we'll take our own little survey this morning. How many, full participation, all of our campuses, come on City Heights. How many would say, you're pretty good at communication? Come on, you can brag a little bit, a little, little humble brag, good communicator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many, now the other side of the room, how many just, you just know, like, I'm, I'm horrible, I'm horrible, I'm a bad communicator. Okay, we're gonna help everybody today. We're gonna help all y'all communicate today. So why don't you bow your heads, all of our locations, those watching online and in the room here, let's pray together and ask the Holy Spirit to speak uh, to you in this moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So Lord, we worship you now. We pray that as we give you our attention and our hearts that Holy Spirit, you would speak to us, that you would take the words that are in my notes and that you would then produce a message that edifies and builds up and equips your people to communicate well, but most importantly, to communicate with Jesus, to know you, God, and to be close and close to him. And so it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everybody shout out a good amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Um, I, I shared a story a couple months ago that my wife got hit. She got hit by a car a couple months ago, and the car's been in the shop ever since. And she was about one minute away from the house. Don't you hate that? You're one minute away from your destination and then something happens and that's where she was at a stoplight with her foot on the brake, just chilling right here with a couple cars in front of her and a car or two behind her, trucking back. And out of nowhere, it was in the middle of the day, it was bright and sunny, perfect weather because they always ask you the condition of the road. Was it wet? No, it was perfect. It was perfect. No obstacles, no birds flew in the mid- There was nothing happening. But out of nowhere, a car came and, and hit the truck behind my wife and her car and pretty much devastated our car. It's been in the shop for two months. And, and it was such a, a bad accident that, and everyone's safe, praise God for that. But it was such a bad accident. And I, I got there afterwards. They asked the individual what happened and they couldn't explain. I have no idea. I don't remember. I don't know. I'm in shock. I don't know if I lost control. I don't know if I fell asleep. I don't know what happened. All I know is... is here we are. And so the car has been in the shop for two months, still is. But praise God, he took care of us. And we've had a rental car. And, and that's a, come on. How I many know that's a miracle already? You got a rental car? And this world right now, come on, Jesus, doing miracles today. And so we got a, we got a, a rental car. Didn't have to pay for it. It was a little bit smaller than, than our SUV. It didn't have some of the things that we had in our SUV. But we were blessed to have it. And so we took the, the kids' car seats, put it in the car. And on the first day... I drive the kids to school. The first day we got in the car and the kids saw it. They're like, oh, this is so cool. Look, it's got a different color. It's just different seats. And, and then wait a minute. You know what they said? Where's the DVD player? <laughs> I said, this is a rental. Okay, we're just blessed that we have a car. And they said, Where, where's the DVD player? Where's the Blu-ray player? You know what they said? Because I told them, how, how long are we going to have the, the rental for? I said, maybe two months. Two months, we're going to have this rental. And this is what they said. They said, what are we going to do for two months? Talk to each other? And I said, absolutely. We're going to talk to each other. We're going to have wonderful, loving, engaging, intelligent conversation. But how many know more and more and more, we're living in a world that no longer values good communication. And don't get me wrong. We love information. We really love entertainment. We love to share our perspective. We love to share, we, we love to share my advice on things. Everyone's got a podcast. Come on, like and subscribe. Come on, somebody. 
Everyone's got a blog. We got people just real busy in the comment section, but you like to post and ghost. That's how I'm gonna post something, but I don't wanna hear anything back. So I'm a Homer Simpson and right here. I'm out, I'm just out. I'm a post and ghost. We got plenty of people talking, just not talking with a lot of other people back and forth. But here's what I know. The foundation of any good relationship, say it with me, is communication. Say it with me on the count of three. One, two, three, communication. The foundation for any relationship, any relationship is communication. Even the bad ones. Communicate, but you can't separate communication from relationships, but you can separate relationships with bad communication. Wow. Good communication produces strong relationships. Bad communication produces broken relationships. And you don't have to raise your hand for this one, but how many people that came to church today have at least one broken relationship in your life? Campuses, Oahu, Chula Vista. You got one broken relationship, it may be a marriage, it may be a friend, a best friend, but there's tension there right now. It may be with one of your kids. They're, they're not talking the way they used to talk. They don't just do it because you said so. Now they're older and then the, 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 the conversations are different and the relationship is fractured. The first step, you need to know that the first step to restoring that broken relationship is to restore your communication. But the enemy of restoring your communication is your need and your want and your desire to be right. Come on. Well, I was right. They were wrong. I'm usually right and he'll never admit it. Or I'm 100, I'm 100%. I just know. Eyes are all rolling back. I'm 100. I'm 100% right and they're 1,000% when you get the, the stank face and the neck and the, and the snap, they all kind of go together. And where the snap goes, the head goes, I'm 100%. They're 1,000. That's too much. That's too, you've gone too far. The, the end of the relationship is nearing. I'm 100% right. They're 1,000% wrong. Here's my bottom line today. If you're taking notes and put it up on the screen, I think this is good. When my intention is to restore and not to be right, all of my relationships have the potential to be beautiful even if they've been broken. I think that's pretty good. If my intention is to restore and it's not to be right, all of my relationships have the potential to be beautiful even if they've been broken. And, and I hope you know this, the very reason that God sent his son Jesus to us, Emmanuel, a God with us to live the life we're supposed to live, to die the death we were supposed to die, was so that he could restore our relationship back to our heavenly father, even though we were in sin and 1000% wrong. He's in the restoration business. Come on, give him praise if you want, that's good. That's what he does, he restores. Jesus is in the restoration business. And if you call yourself a Christian today, and not everybody will, but if you do, you're in the restoration business too. God can restore your relationship with the people you love. God can restore the relationship you have with the people you hate on the other side of the fence. God has the power to restore the relationship you have with yourself the way you talk to yourself, the way that you communicate with yourself, the way that you encourage yourself, the way that you discourage yourself. God can restore that. God can restore the relationship you have with Jesus. If your intention is to restore and not be right. God's word, I'm not gonna, no, I know better. 
Oh, wait a minute. If your intention is to restore and not be right, then may God open up your heart today. Because every broken relationship has the potential to be beautiful, even if it's been hurt or broken before. So what's the first step in restoring broken relationships? It's restoring communication. I want to read Matthew 12 to you. Matthew 12, verse 34 to 37. It says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Let me ask you a question. What's been coming out of your mouth lately? Because what comes out is evidence of what's inside. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment. Woo! This is Jesus, by the way. For every empty word they've spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted. Or by your words you will be condemned. Stern words from Jesus. He says our words are powerful. And will be judged by how we communicate with people. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love the talk will reap the consequences. So be careful. We've got to be careful because you can speak death or you can speak life. You, you can, I want you to think about that. You can speak death, San Marcos, or you can speak life. I remember someone spoke life over me when I was 15 years old. I, I was at the, 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 the neighbor, follow me, of the mom of the boy who my sister was dating at the time. Well, I got there somehow. But I thought she was strange. And she said, I feel like God has something for you. I'm 15. I'm like, I hope it's a girlfriend. <laughs> what? And she said, have you ever broken a bone in your body? And I said, no, and I still haven't. And she said, I feel like the Lord is saying that you will be unbreakable when you go into battle and you will lead an army. And I said, okay, but if I break a bone, does that ruin the prophecy? Is that how it works or does it... But, but whatever it did in that moment, I received it. And I've kind of hung on to that over the years. And, and I've, I've gone back to that because she spoke life into my spirit. You can speak death or you can speak life. You can beat somebody down or you can build somebody up. You, you can make somebody feel horrible or you can make them feel like a hero. You gotta be mindful of what you say. And it doesn't always come out the way you think. I, I love this quote by George Bernard Shaw. He says, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Wow. He's saying just because you said something, it doesn't mean anyone believed it the way you thought they would. Just because you said something, it doesn't mean that anyone received it the way you hoped they would. And just because you said something, it doesn't mean they heard it the way you thought they would hear it. What you say and how you say something matters. Communication that restores requires five things. Here's the first one, the right tone. I got a broken relationship. First step is to restore the communication if I want to restore that relationship. And communication that restores requires five things. The first one is the right tone. The right tone is the right to speak in a way it can be received. The right tone is to speak in a way it can be received. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation be always full of grace. And what? Season with salt. Don't you like that? A little seasoned salt for my speaking. A little, 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 special, little special something on the way I talk so that you may know how to answer everyone. Um, we went to, uh, well, I didn't go. Make it sound like I'm, I'm the shopper. I, 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 Vanessa went to Trader Joe's. 
But when you go to Trader Joe's, don't you feel like calories just fall off when you walk in? Anybody else? Like muscles just jumping on you. Like, look at me, I'm in Trader Joe's. Look at this, this is nice. Everything's so green here. Where are all the, where are all the colors at? Just everything's green. Everything's green. We went to Trader Joe's, she came home with a bag of tortilla chips with no salt. That's how they roll at Trader Joe's. Good for you with no flavor. Come on now. <laughs> I try to hate on you if you work there. That's your place. Come on. But, but Vanessa tried to give one of the chips to, to, to our kids and, and my daughter, Anaya, she, she, she ate it. And right away, you, just, you could tell by the, by, the, by the face, it wasn't the same thing. And what she realized is it, it, it smelled like a tortilla chip. It crunched like a tortilla chip. It even looked like a tortilla chip. But you know it didn't taste like a tortilla chip. She said, I can't eat it. It won't go down. A little dramatic, a little dramatic. It won't go down. I need a napkin. I can't eat it. A little dramatic. But what she was saying is, I know what it's supposed to taste like, and that wasn't it. And there's somebody at church today that just entered into a relationship, maybe just got married, and you wanna say to your spouse, I know what it's supposed to sound like and that wasn't it. I know what the apology is supposed to sound like and that wasn't it. I know what the words of encouragement are supposed to sound, I, I hear it over here, but I'm not hearing it right here. The tone matters. I know what it's supposed to sound like because I could say, watch this, I could say, okay, I'm sorry sarcastically, or I could say, okay, I'm sorry, aggressively, or I could say, okay, I'm sorry, and humility. It's the same words, but I want communication that restores, and communication that restores requires the right tone. My tone is full of grace. It needs to be seasoned with salt because my intention is to restore and not to be right. I don't want broken communication. I want it to be beautiful. And there's a relationship in your life that's depending on the tone. Here's the second thing. Communication that restores requires the right time. I like this one. The right time. And the right time is the right to process without hurry. How many like to fix it quick? That's me. All right, let's just, let's, 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 let's fix it. Come on, I, I, my bad, let's, let's figure it out. I wanna fix it quick. Look what James 1.19 says. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be what? Quick to listen. You ought to be quick. Be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. And then what? Slow. Slow. But I like quick. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. James says, don't be quick to talk. The only thing you should be quick to do is listening. Be slow to speak. If I'm listening more and I'm speaking less, I'm giving myself time to reflect and hear from God. I'll be quick to listen. Some people need more time to process. Five minute conversations don't work. You need more time. I learned that in our relationship. And some people need the right time to process because midnight may not be the best time. Vanessa and I did that. We were, we were dating. And you know, when you're dating, you, 
You know, we, we, we tried to do it the Lord's way and she lived at her house, I lived at my house, and, but we loved each other and we're on the phone and you get this little disagreement and, and, and now, we, you know, she's working, I'm working and we didn't get to talk until eight o'clock at night and, and after nine, she's done. Like after nine, <clears throat> she's out. But we're on the phone trying to go back and forth, figure this thing out and, and it's like, we're not gonna, and, and cause there's a verse in the Bible that says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. I'm like, well, it's already down, but here we are. And we would just sit there and talk and talk and try to figure it out up until midnight and it's 2 a.m. And then it was just a battle. Who could stay up longer? Just, you st- I'm here. Are you here? I can't believe you feel, I can't believe you fell asleep. It was just back and forth, back and forth. You need the right time. Here's what I realized. Just like people have different love languages, some people need different ways to process conversations. And when we create time and space, it's not go away so that you can go play. It's go away so that you can go pray. It, it's not time away. I, oh, I, I need, oh, you need time? I'm about to go with the boys. You know what? I need, I need time. Me and the girl's about to go out. You do you. It's not go away and go play. Go, go ignore you. Be, don't, a week, drag this thing on. No, no, it, it's go away and go pray. It's go away, go read my Bible. It's go get away and go worship. Jesus would often draw away from the tension so that he could hear from God. And in this time hearing from God, he's reminded, oh, my heavenly father is about restoration. My heavenly father brings things together. You, you, you may come back and realize I was wrong. You, you may come back and realize it's not even what I thought it was. You may come back and realize I was assuming the worst and not assuming the best. When my intention is to restore and not to be right, all of my relationships, all of your relationships, all of your relationships, El Cajon, have the potential to become beautiful even if the most devastating thing has happened and it was broken. Here's the third thing. Communication that restores requires the right tone, requires the right time. Number three, the right trust. The right trust is the right to be safe when you're vulnerable. The right trust, the right to be safe when you're vulnerable. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of all bitterness Get rid of rage and anger and harsh words and slander as well as all types of evil behavior because that's what happens and that's what follows all those other things. Instead, what? Be kind to each other. Tender-hearted, guys. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. If you find it hard to be kind, remember that God through Christ has been kind to you. If you found it hard to be tender-hearted and gentle with the other person, remember that God in Christ was kind and gentle and tender-hearted with you. Um, in my early 20s, I worked in construction. It didn't last long, that wasn't my thing. But I remember working and, and working hard and I, I, I liked most of the guys and we got along, but there was one guy who was a little bit older and I won't tell you his name, because I worked here in San Diego. But he didn't like me, he didn't care for me. And I was a young guy, they're much older guys. They had foul mouths, I didn't really have a foul mouth. They'd check out the girls that walked by the construction sites, I would kind of put my head down and just keep working. They would, they would talk and, and share jokes that were probably inappropriate and unnecessary and I wouldn't laugh at the jokes and they, they knew because they would ask me, I'm, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord, I go to the, just what I do, I was going to school at the time. 
in seminary. I was serving the church. And they knew that. And everybody was cool with it, but the one guy. And he would give me a hard time. He, gave me a, he, would, he, would, he would cuss me out. He'd put me down. He'd tease me. None of the work that I did was ever good enough. And so I got to the point where I did everything I could to go around him, to not be associated with him. To, I just didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to feel it. I, I, I ultimately lost respect and I didn't trust him. I didn't trust him. There, there may be people in your life that you no longer trust because you've, maybe, maybe, maybe there's people in your life that don't trust you because you've been the one that abused that relationship. There may be someone in the room today sitting next to you. And after this, you got to go apologize with the right tone because there's been enough time. But you haven't built up the right trust. You've lost their trust. You've abused that relationship. You're the first part of Ephesians 4.31. You're bitter. You got rage. You're angry. You use harsh words to your spouse, your best friend, your coworker, to your kids. And your kids don't trust you anymore. Because you're the first part of Ephesians 4.31. But the invitation is to be like the second part of Ephesians 4.31 and 2. If you have the intention to restore your relationship and not just be right and belittle, you can create the right trust. Instead of rage and harsh words, you use kindness. You can be tenderhearted. You can forgive. I think it's important to know that the, the best marriages, the best friendships, the best relationships, they're not the ones that don't have zero, have disagreements. They're, they're, they're not the ones that have zero arguments. That's not, disagreements aren't, aren't the topic. It, it's not that. The issue is, does the other person feel safe and vulnerable with you when there are mistakes, when there are disagreements? When they make mistakes, don't fight to be right. When they make mistakes, fight to be restored. That's what communication that restores does. Here's the fourth thing. Communication that restores requires the right truth. I need the right tone, I need the right time, I need the right trust, and I need the right truth. The right truth is the right to be honest even when it hurts. It's the right to be honest even when it hurts. In Ephesians 4, verse 15, it says, instead, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in what? In love, in what? And what am I doing in love? I'm speaking the what? The truth. I'm speaking the truth, but I'm doing it in love. And then Ephesians, the writer says, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. People need to hear the truth in love, even if it hurts, because the right truth makes us more like Jesus. And maybe your style, I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen. That's why you got a broken relationship. That's why there, there, there's, there's no intimacy. That's why there's no trust. You've put it off. In fact, maybe they don't even see it, but you see it. But the apostle Paul says, no, no, instead, speaking the truth in love, we'll grow to become mature like Christ. People need to hear it. Ignoring issues don't help your relationship. And at the same time, shaming them with harsh truth doesn't help either. There's a popular saying, it goes like this, truth without love is mean, love without truth is meaningless, but truth with love is medicine for the heart. I'll say it again because I think that's pretty good. That's helpful for somebody today. Truth without love, that's mean. Love without truth, that's just meaningless. But truth in love is medicine for my heart. If my intention is to restore and not just be right, I told you, 
Oftentimes, restoration requires the right type of truth, but you gotta speak it in love. Here's the, the fifth point. Communication that restores requires the right team. The right team. This is the right to work together towards a solution. And so the, I, need the, I need the right tone. I need salt on my lips. I, I need to have grace in my words. I need the right time. I need permission to process. I need the right, the right trust. Do, do, have I created an environment where they can be honest with me, where they can speak to me, where they, they'll come to me and be vulnerable? Or are they afraid if they're vulnerable, I'm gonna shut them down. I'm gonna make fun of them for crying. No, I, I, want, I don't wanna be right, I wanna restore. And communication that restores requires all of those and the right truth. And lastly, the right team, the right to work together towards a solution. Here's what Philippians chapter two, verses three through four says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. If I'm selfish and I'm conceited, who am I about? About me. If I'm selfish and, I, and I have, I'm conceited and I'm arrogant, who am I about? I'm about me. But again, the apostle Paul says, don't do anything from that place. Don't do anything from, from the, the seat of conceit, from, from, from personal ambition, selfishness, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. I like that he says that because you can look to your own interest, but while you do also look to the interests of others. You with me so far? I'm thinking, I can think about me, but not just about me. Because I need the right team. If I, if I want broken communication, be all about yourself. If I want something beautiful, consider the other person and work together. Here's my last verse, and I got a, something I want to bring out. You can play, then we're going to take communion together at all of our campuses. But here's the last verse I have. In Ephesians 4, 9 through 12, it says, Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real, real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can even stand back to back, and I love this, and conquer. And it ends like this. Three, though, are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Here's what it looks like. The scriptures say that one can be defeated. But this is unfortunately what most of our conversations look like. I'm trying to be right. I wanna make sure they get my perspective. It's about my dialogue and my opinion and my perspective. And oftentimes it, it's, it's very dominating. It's right here, I, I'm right. Three snaps in a Z formation in case they didn't know, I'm right. Dominating. Sometimes it's distant. 
I'm so far from the conversation that's needed. This won't work. I've ignored the thing. I've pretended the thing away. I've pushed the thing away. My tone was off. My time, it's, just, it's been three months and everybody back. They don't trust me and I, no one can tell you the truth. And so you're just distant in the conversation. But the scriptures say that one, though may become dominant and distant, ultimately can be defeated. But it said there's a second person that enters the conversation. If one is defeated, two can help each other. And I can talk and I can encourage and we can help. But it gets even better than this because it says not only can they help, they can go back to back. And like this, I'm in the same heart. I'm in the same spirit. We're in the same conversation and like this, I can conquer things. I can defeat things. I can overcome the devil in my life because we're talking, we're talking right now. You got my back. Don't you want your spouse to have your back? Don't, don't you want your son to have your back? Don't you want your father to have your back? You gotta have the right tone. You, you gotta have the right time. You need the right trust, the right truth. But if you can't get the right tone, because you're super sideways, and you can't get the right time, because you're just ah, always trying to fix it fast and you're just mowing people over, and you never create the right trust because you don't know how. You don't even know what the right truth looks like. The scripture says, one's defeated, two can go back together. But there's a third chair in the conversation and if I have this chair, even if I don't have anything else, and this is not red for the devil, I picked red on purpose. Since when does the devil have the power over the blood? This is the blood of Jesus. If I have the blood of Jesus in my conversation, then I can go left or right, sideways, say it high and low. But if I have the right chair in my conversation, come on, I can go through hell and back, but I got Jesus with me, everything in my life, all my relationships can be made whole and beautiful because of Jesus. He's on my team. One is defeated. Two can go back to back. But a cord of three strands isn't easily broken. So do you have Jesus on the team? If you get Jesus on the team, everything changes. Everything changes when you got Jesus on the team. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, all of our locations. Somebody's going to Say a prayer day today in your heart to believe that Jesus died for you. You're gonna become a Christian today. And then afterwards, all together like a big family, we're gonna take communion to celebrate the blood of Jesus that allows him to cover our sins, hold us together. He wants you on the team. So wherever you are, wherever you're, listening to my voice, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and you can pray this prayer in your heart if you need to ask for forgiveness for your sins. 
and believe that Jesus died for you. Believe that he lived the life that you were supposed to live and he died the death that you should have died, but he did in your place. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. And through that, he conquered sin, he conquered death, he conquered the grave, and he conquered the devil, Satan himself. And through the resurrection, he offers the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to anyone who repents and believes in him. And so if you need to pray that prayer, just pray this in the quiet of your heart and say, God, I admit that I've sinned. I'm here today because I need you and I want you. And I believe that you have the power to forgive my sin. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you conquered sin and death through the resurrection. I confess you as Lord. I confess you as master, the leader of my life. Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, fill me right now. Make me brand new. May the old life pass away and may the new life come. Now, as everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed at all of our locations and the count of three, I want you just to slip your hand up just so that our campus pastors can see you, so I can see you. Now we're gonna stick around, we're gonna take communion together. Then I'll release you to your locations and in the room here. On the count of three, if you pray a prayer like that to say, man, I need Jesus, I want him in my life. On the count of three, hands going up nice and bold. One, two, three, hands going up all across our locations, all across the room, good, good, good. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. We see you, God bless you, God bless you. Awesome, God bless you, good. Heavenly Father, thank you for all of those hands. Thank you for all those hearts. I said, I want Jesus today. Jesus, be my savior. I I want, you gotta be on the team. Even if I don't get it right, Lord, help me in my communication. Help me in my relationships. Help me make all things beautiful again because of you, because of your love. So bless them today, Lord. Give them a new life. And we say thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. A good amen, amen, and amen. Can we celebrate God, Rock Church? Come on, welcome all those people in the family of God. Put your hands together. Amen. Don't go anywhere. I want you to take your communion cup out if you got one of those on the way in. If you're at one of our campuses and you don't have one, just put your hand up. One of our team members will come get you one of these. And we're going to celebrate the blood of Jesus together. It's one of the great honors as a church, as a family to do as often as possible is to remember that it's not about us. It's all about him. Every message is about Jesus. Every story should be about Jesus. Every moment of the Christian faith, we're trying to talk about Jesus. And that's what this is about. To make sure we know who the story is about, that Jesus is our message. It's always and only about him. So very carefully, would you open up the top of your communion cup, that little piece of bread here, a little wafer. Jesus, when he was with his disciples before he went to the cross, he took bread and he blessed it and broke it, passed it to his disciples. And he said, this represents my body that's gonna be nailed to a cross. I'm gonna have a crown of thorns on my head or my, my son calls it a thorn crown. Pressed on my head. My body will be beaten, whipped and lashed. I will be betrayed and I will be nailed to a cross. Arms stretched, hands pierced, feet pierced, mocked, spat on for you, all for you so that you could come and live your life, however you're gonna live it, and one day believe that I lived that life for you and I died that death for you. So when you take the bread, would you remember the life of Jesus? It's about him. So today, Jesus, we honor you and we bless you. 
in your name. Go ahead and take the bread. Very carefully, would you open up the cup with the juice? After Jesus had taken the bread and broken and passed it around, he took a cup of juice, fruit of the vine, and he passed it to the disciples and he said, now this represents my blood that will be poured out for the multitude of sins, all of your sins. And I can just imagine, if you can imagine with me, Jesus is there and he's speaking to the 12, but he's thinking of you. Because his blood that was shed on the cross, the crimson blood, covers all of our sins, not just the sins of yesterday, but the sins of today and the sins of tomorrow. And the more and more and more you fall in love with Jesus, the less and less and less the power of sin has over you. So make it about Jesus, always about Jesus. So Lord, we make it about your blood today. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you that you're on our team. We bless you and we worship you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, church, can we thank the Lord together?